0: And welcome into week seven now of the high school football season and the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. I am Ethan Schmidt hosting this week. And, of course, uh, joining me on the phone, as always, the head football coach of the Clarksville High School Wildcats, Coach Isaac Shelby. Coach, as always, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Oh, Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
0: As always, our, uh, our sponsors for each week, we do have two sponsors. Our first one, Sheepdog Custom Inc. And Coach Conway, thank you so much for being a sponsor for us. And, of course, we have uh, Barker's Beef. And that brings us to our T-Bone of the Week. And, Coach, who do you have for our T-Bone of the Week?
1: I think we can go with uh, Riley Sorbert on a uh, big sack that happened um you know, big hit. Um, you know, Riley and Caden have both been doing a really good job for us lately, and uh, that was probably the big hit of the week this week.
0: Does this mean that he can we can finally get to jump around in the fourth quarter for him?
1: Um, that, yeah, they're excited about that because they're Wisconsin people. But um, you know, I think uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think it, it may be something we try to do later on. I think, but uh, it, it would be fun for them.
0: All right, so hopefully a fourth quarter at home the next time when we take on West Creek. That'll be a, a chance where we might get to hear jump around play in the fourth quarter. I know Brian listens to this, so Brian Reeves, when you hear this, fourth quarter to start it, jump around, uh, for our Wisconsin guys. Maybe we can start a tradition there at Clarksville High School as well. Um, but, Coach, uh, a, a big week in front of us, but uh, also a, a big win this past week. And, and it meant a lot for a lot of the guys that were out there this past week just because of how last year went against Northeast. Uh, take us through a little bit of what happened uh, this past week, getting that victory against the Eagles.
1: Yeah, it was um, it was interesting. When we started out kind of slow again, um, gave up a touchdown on the first drive, which is kind of disappointing. important. Something we have to continue to work on, um, you know, we fumbled the first uh, the first offensive play. And, um, you know, they kind of had some momentum there going and then, and then kind of took over after that, which I was really proud of our kids for fighting back and, um, you know, kind of taking the momentum back at, at that point. And, you know, we had a big defensive stop on the second series when they had a really good field position and that kind of helped us out a little bit.
0: Yeah, Coach, uh, against Northeast, uh, we talked about last season being a big one um, where they beat us in the regular season pretty handily, and then they came back and uh, beat us by two points in the playoffs. This time around, just a complete different story uh, just coming out. And really, I think the stat line that we I, I really want to talk about because I thought this was great, they're in the second quarter, final four minutes or so, five minutes or so of the second quarter. Uh, we score three touchdowns in a matter of uh, – really three minutes. It started about 417 was the first score there, uh, and then two more touchdowns came. Um, obviously one coming off of the uh, the onside kick attempt that Andrew Irvin recovered himself, and then we had two more scores happen there right before half. Uh, I know that you want to see your team kind of excel from the get-go, but to see those guys able to rattle off those three scores, uh, what did it tell you about this team?
1: I mean, it, it it tells us we're not going to give up, you know, and I, I think that's a that's a big thing. But we kind of did the same deal at Dixon where we kind of played dead in the first quarter. And then uh, for some reason, like, the back half of the second quarter seems to be, like, our best time, which is uh, kind of irritating a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think Andrew did a good job on the onside kick. Um, you know, I think the the one that really uh, turned the momentum and kind of I almost sealed the game was um chris bagatini's run I think it was like sixty something yards on the on the tackle pool play and like that was really, really good for us. um we'd kind of been you know hitting them in that overset that we were in and then they they shifted over to it too far and then and then chris made a big play on the tackle pool behind Jacoby.
0: yeah that's uh i obviously each week being able to add something new in there and and we were able to see some stuff kind of develop uh uh, along the way, one of the things that's been in our arsenal for a little bit now, but we really, I think, got to see it kind of come to fruition. Everybody expecting us to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then you have Robert Riley, your uh, starting X connect on a past who, uh, who's kind of come in as a freshman and, and played very valuable minutes for us. And Ben Moore, um, you're able to see that kind of uh, happen. We've seen it once already this season, but uh, this time around, it was uh, connected in a, in a big game by the freshman what kind of went through your mindset on that play and and when you saw that happen and you saw how wide open ben was you know what was going through your mind
1: um it was something that we had uh we worked on throughout the year but um it it was kind of one of those things where we needed a little bit of juice and i think it was the first play of the bird series um and and we'd been running off with some receivers and their man coverage for a little while and noticed that they were kind of falling off so um you know we we threw that to robert robert's a really good athlete he can not he can run he can he can throw his completion percentage is through the roof i don't know what it, it might be 100 percent, but um he flipped that thing down to ben and then caught it and got down to like the 10 or the 8 um was a big play for us uh you know you hate to have to depend on a freshman receiver but he's doing a pretty good job for what we're asking too.
0: yeah absolutely coach uh you know we looked back at Monday, and he had dropped two passes that he normally makes uh, yeah, in the JV sure. game. And, and we call him there on Friday because we've seen him do it more on Fridays than we have on Mondays at this point. But... uh Definitely a, some big moments for a, a, a guy like that. And, and, Coach, I mean, we know how good uh, that that current junior class is, and mm-hmm. we're starting to see a lot of those freshmen kind of shine through as well. Ben, one of those. Um, another name that kind of comes to mind is Amari Galbraith that's been able to step mm-hmm. up. Um, what are you seeing from some of those younger guys in some of these later parts of the game where you know they're getting some play time? Um,
1: well, like you hope that those freshmen don't have to fill gaps, but right now they do have to fill gaps. So, um, We're using Amari and Ben and Jordan and, you know, a bunch of those different guys in different spots. You know, Jack Stein's playing on special teams and, um, you know, they're really doing a good job. And, you know, hopefully it'll benefit us in the long run, Them them getting some experience on Friday nights going into their sophomore year.
0: How did you think the, uh, the? I, I know obviously being homecoming and we, we knew everything that was going down with homecoming this this year with the dance being off campus and a little bit away, but uh, I saw a lot of like former players come back. We saw Nick Edwards, of course, that came back to watch it. Do you feel like a lot of those seniors from last year just kind of, you know, did you feel like this win was for them uh, in general?
1: Uh, I don't know if it was for them. You know, um, I, I know that you know, we lost both of those games last year, so it was probably a big deal to them, but I don't know if it was for them. I think it was it was kind of for the existing guys. Um, you know, you could tell there was this kind of different glimmer in our guys' eyes, you know, in pregame and, and some of that stuff. And, um, you know, it, it definitely looked like they were ready to go. Um, you know, again, we didn't start, or start well early, but, you know, th- they were ready to go and they ended up playing pretty well.
0: One of the things that uh, we kind of talk about, and and something that I I think is pretty big in Clarksville, whether it's just for the bragging rights or not, is just kind of that city champions mentality as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, two and zero against teams in the city. Uh, We'll play one more city opponent uh, this season. What does that mean to us to kind of have those wins against teams like Rossview and Northeast? Um, You know, and being able to say like, hey, you know, we are the the tops uh, in the area.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's one of those that's kind of difficult because you don't play everybody here. You know, um, you know we're having a good year. Montgomery Central's having a good year. Um, you know, I think as they keep building schools, eventually there's going to be a uh, a region that's only Clarksville. Um, and and I think that's when it's really, really going to. Um, you know, be a big, big deal where you get to play everybody. But you know, anytime you can beat you know roster, the city rival, northeast city rivals, um, you know, it, it is a really big deal. But you know, our kids played hard. I think uh, I think we worked really, really hard all week on our defensive plan. Um, I think that was really, really sound. We had three or four different ways to double does for it, and you know, he ended up catching a couple balls and just doing some. You know, does Fort things as he as he as he played. You know, it's hard to really contain him, but I think we did a pretty good job. And he made a couple plays, but I I think the defensive staff was really good this week on on coming up with a way to kind of make them play left handed a little bit and, and take away their best stuff. All
0: right, coach. We're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to look at Hendersonville uh, and kind of go into this upcoming region game. Stay with us. We have that and more next. And welcome back to Segment 2 here of the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. I'm Ethan Schmidt. On the phone, of course, Coach Isaac Shelby. And Coach Shelby, uh, so far in the region, we're 1-1, one and one, went against Rossview, and then, of course, the loss to Beach two weeks ago. Now we're going back up against another Sumner County school uh, in Hendersonville, and looking at Hendersonville, so far they're two and zero in the region. Their region victories coming against Beach and Gallatin. Right now they're, they're they're kind of the top dogs here in our region. Uh, what can we expect to see from the Commandos?
1: Yeah, um, really physical. Um, coach well um, schematically. They're actually um, like eerily similar to what. You know, to us and, and some of the stuff we do, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be on their keys. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to run some stuff offensively that causes us some real problems. Um, you know, they have a great quarterback. Uh, you know, they, they've just got incredible skill players and some tough linemen. So it's going to be a tough deal for sure. Um, you know, we, we, there's no way that we can go down there and win. And, and, and play poorly um, you know which is is I mean it's kind of what we did in spurts in the beach game you know um, we made some some critical errors in that game that really really hurt us and it's gonna be interesting to see if we can go down there and eliminate those errors and see what happens.
0: Coach, you you mentioned the beach game because that was a game where at times uh, you know a big run, Uh, We have Rayshon. We think that it could have been a touchdown, but, you know, he gets stopped. And then, of course, Jamar fumbles uh, later on in that game, which could have made that game 14-14 at that point, or who knows, 14-7 at that point. Um, So seeing what we did against Beach, you know, what's the message to the team knowing that Hendersonville is a very tough opponent um, and we're going to kind of go down there the same way we kind of did against Beach?
1: Yeah, we do have to go down there and play error-free you know um we've got to pick our spots take our chances when we do it but you know the the main thing is uh you know if, if we can go down there and play free from those red zone errors um and and i think we fixed some of the uh i think we fixed some of the contain issues that we had um against beach i think we fixed that this week our kids did a really good job of that you know and kind of see what happens at that point but you know hendersonville is a very very quality opponent um you know it You know they've got everything going for them right now. You know they're probably one of the top ten programs in the state, all classes.
0: What do what do we do as? I mean, obviously we obviously we're going to prepare during the week and get ready for it. Uh, You know, how do we tell our guys to match up against some of their the talent that we're going to see? I mean, this is the first year in in in, six A, and I know that's kind of a thing that's weighing on us a little bit. Is that these teams like Hendersonville and? uh beach and gallatin they've been here for a little bit so they've been able to kind of base their programs off of other programs how do we kind of get our guys to understand that you know they're going to look a little bit different than us but if we do the things right we'll be able to hang with them and possibly you know be able to take this one in the end
1: yeah i I just think football is football you know the team that makes the least amount of mistakes is usually going to win and we made way too many mistakes when we went to beach. So um, now you kind of get a second go around at that. And we got to go down there and play air free and, you know, see what happens when, when you put a little pressure on them if you play well enough to do that
0: coach, they're also coming off a loss to Ravenwood. It was a close one, 35-28. You talk about some other big talented teams there in Williamson County Mm -hmm. when you think of Ravenwood. Uh, What do you expect their mentality to be? I mean, obviously you can't, you know, you're not in their huddle or, you know, you're not in there with that team, but what do you expect their mentality to be coming off that type of loss?
1: Oh, they're going to be fired up, but, you know, Ravenwood's a really good team. You know, Will does a good job there. Um, You know, I think that's kind of a uh, you know, it, it, it's a tough comparison between the two, but high school football is played week to week, you know, and, um, you know, it, it just goes back to the same thing. We have to go down there. We have to play well. We have to play well in the red zone and we've got to tackle people. And if we go down there and do that, we've got a shot. Um, if we go down there and we don't, um, then, then we're going to learn the same lesson that we learned against beach when we went down there last time.
0: Yeah, Coach, that's something big. Also, something that to kind of keep in mind here, you know, we see so many times, and I know that we've seen Jamar kind of go back more and kind of see him going into the offense as a quarterback uh, more so often, now being able to move Rayshawn back to T, and we've talked about it a little bit each week here. Uh, how have you seen the progression, of course, of uh, of Jamar? What have you seen from him at that quarterback spot?
1: I think he's done a really good job. Uh, He's been coachable. Um, He's, uh, you know, he's done the things we asked him to do. I think he's getting, like, exponentially better every week at that spot. And, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see. You know, we've talked in the past about really the whole thing boils down to two things. Uh, Number one, can you get in the playoffs? And number two, how good are you in week 11? You know that that's really the whole deal because once you get in the playoffs and you get into week eleven everybody goes back zero zero nothing matters, and it's just a seven day battle that you know that results in a winner and the winner moves on so um you know we gotta keep inching toward that uh toward that finality of the season and we have to realize that you know whatever happens whether we you know, beat Northeast or lose Northeast or beat Beach or lose the Beach or whatever. You know, we have to continuously get better every single week. And if you do that, you get, you know, you get in the playoffs. You got a shot. Everybody's got the same shot when you get in there.
0: Yeah, Coach, uh, that's something. Just kind of watching when he's been able to do a great kind of just sign. uh You know, knowing what he's able to do, and I know. Uh, I I think we see Davin kind of just itching on the sideline knowing just how more physically strong and how more, uh, I guess, more aware of the offense in general Jamar is going to be at next year when those two get to reunite uh, a little bit on the field.
1: Yeah, I think it's really going to help. I think that uh, when Jamar goes back to his natural position next year, him having this experience um, will really help him as a football player because I think he'll be able to see things um through Davin's eyes um through the quarterback's eyes which he hasn't been able to do before but um you know it in and what we do like the quarterback and the fullback have to be together and they have to almost think as one and it'll be interesting in a year if um you know this this helps jamar do that
0: all right coach let's go ahead and take our second break here when we come back we're going to have our uh favorite time of the show here as we get a chance to talk about three random questions i do have three questions from three different people as well so we have a question from uh one of our players and two of our coaches both dropped in or all of them dropped in a question uh actually had the player come up to me at practice this week and said how do i submit a question i said well you're talking to me uh so that's probably the best way to do it so coach we're going to take this break we come back we're going to have three random questions And welcome back to the final segment here of the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. Coach Shelby on the phone with me here for everyone's favorite time here, as we talk about three random questions. And uh, Coach, our first question coming from Aiden Davis, sophomore receiver on our team, uh, wanting to know what professional coach do you look up to the most and kind of have styled your coaching style off of?
1: Um, I don't, I don't know that there's, uh, I don't know there's a person that you, um that you kind of mimic their style for sure. Um, but I think that uh, – I think we always want to be prepared. Um, I think the the most prepared person in college football is Nick Saban. Um, I think the most prepared person in the NFL is probably Bill Belichick. Um, you know, and we don't – you know, you don't try to be somebody else. You know, we're, we're, I don't try to be them all the time. But we do want to be prepared, and we do want to have – um, you know, we do want to get our, our kids to a point where um, they know what's, you know, they know what's coming. And I think that helped us a couple of times against Northeast. We had a couple hundred percent tendencies on slice and a couple of things that they did that really helped. But I think the most interesting coaches to look at are the, you know, for us or are, are the guys that um, that win, that aren't just incredibly talented, like like Saban is at Alabama, you know, like um, I think Brad Stevens is somebody that's really, really interesting. You know that it's not like when he was winning, <clears throat> like when he was winning, and when he was like in the championship, at, like mix at Butler, like he didn't have, you know, he didn't have four or five stars in every class. Like he had, he had some two star guys and some three star guys that he really developed while he was at Butler. So I think guys like that are, I, I think guys like that are really interesting. Um, you know, in places like um uh, you know like neil brown of west virginia like those guys that are really competing on a high level that aren't getting the absolute um you know top level cream of the crop no doubt about it guys i, I think those guys are in all right
0: coach uh next question coming from coach conway kind of kind of a, a fun question here if you could have a theme song when you entered a room what would it be
1: yeah that one that one's tough um I don't know about when I entered a room, but like, I think, I think the best, I think the best college football entrance of all is probably Virginia Tech. Um, like the inner Sandman deal. I know we talked about the Solar Brick kids and, um, and jump around, but I think, uh, I think in Blacksburg, I, I think it would be really, really cool to watch uh, like to watch a game live in Blacksburg and see, um, see those people come out to inner Sandman, especially in like, like a couple times they played on like a Thursday night where like they're the only people in town. I think that's pretty neat. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, I like that entrance as well. Uh, I know you're a big wrestling guy. Uh, what yeah. about what about best entrance? I mean, this will be a, a spare one for you, but if you could see what do you think's like the best entrance? Ah,
1: oh, man, it in wrestling, it would have to be it would have to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know, Steve. um, yeah, Austin P did kind of like a parody on that, which is pretty funny. Um, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, that that one for sure. Like, there, there's only one. Like, when you hear that glass break, you know who's coming into the ring. It, it's not like anything else. Like uh, that that one's definitely pretty neat. Um, I don't know what other the wrestlers. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think like when The Rock was in his heyday, mm-hmm. like like that was that was a definite like like when you hear that noise you know who's coming um that, that's pretty neat for sure
0: yeah uh, i was gonna say stone cold and the rock as well just kind of the the easier ones there because i mean you gotta think of at the height of what all was going on and in the 90s that was kind of just everybody kind of wanted that music or that theme song yeah, to that, hit and that and was the best wrestling
1: of all time in the in the like late 90s early 2000s like when those guys were going at it, it was pretty neat and i don't know who else in wrestling would you put in that category but uh those those two were those two were something else. I know you're a big uh, heartbreak kid guy. I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's. I mean, Stone Cold and The Rock were. I, I don't know. Would you put him in that category?
0: Uh, I think when his music hits, you you definitely know who it is. So I mean, I think yeah. I think he's one of those guys. I mean, most of the time. I mean, even like you know, even with Triple H, when the game hits, you kind of know who that mm-hmm. is. So, but no, definitely those two I would say would be if I could have entrance music, I'd probably want something like that where I would just know. Everybody knew who was coming in the ring, and and things weren't going to be great for him.
1: That's what yeah, I would. We have to. We have to get Coach where to like add that to the playlist for like inside drill or something <laughs> like that. That'd be that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty neat. That'd be. I may call. I may call him and see if he can add that tonight.
0: Yeah, definitely. Or like right, right when we're getting ready, you know, come out of a break or whatever. If that's the whistle, and then all of a sudden we hear the glass yeah.
1: break, that'd be fun. Yeah, the glass breaking right after the water break, that would be <laughs> obviously. All right. That gets, you, that gets you going on your uh, offensive fundamental circuit.
0: Yes, know, for sure. yes. A bunch of bad guys coming in here ready to do something. Uh, mm-hmm. Final question for you here. This was from Coach Sickle. Uh, just kind of wanting to, to ask you about some of the top players uh, that you've seen in the Clarksville area in high school football. Who you, who would be some of your top
1: players? Man, yeah. Um, I think one of the most underrated ones uh, of all time was Antoine Branch. I uh, coached him in the All-Star game, um, and he ended up being MVP of the All-Star game. Um, Antoine Branch was really good. Uh, obviously, Jalen, you got to put in that category. Um, I think you have to put Brian Merriweather in that category. Uh, Montrell Pardue. Um, Dontavius Fort Merriweather. I uh, the one no one thinks about is Will Martin. Um, Will Martin at Kenwood, um, he, he, he was a senior when I was a junior, um, so I never played against him because I only played one year at Clarksville High, but I did see that. I think it was a Final Four game they played against Memphis East. Um, you, I, I could make a pretty good argument. Will Martin is the, uh, the, the best player I've ever seen in Clarksville. Um, Bruno Reagan. Uh, Rokavian Poydras, obviously Malcolm Perry. Um, yeah. there's been a lot of really, really good players in this in the city. If if you had to rank the, if you had to rank the top ten, you know, I, I, I don't see any way you, I don't see any way you could make a top five without putting Isaiah Johnson in that category. You know, um, our running backs coach, he he was incredible at Rossview. Um,
0: it, it had a really
1: good college career and ended up having a good pro career, but. I don't know how you could not put Isaiah in that category too.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to leave that to uh, George Robinson. We're going to, we're going to put all the pressure on him. That might be something yeah. we can tell him to do and, and then tell us what we should do. And we'll, we'll talk about it on the, uh, the podcast yeah. forum, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure
1: I'm leaving. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving a bunch of people off, but um, those are just guys that like pop in my head, kind of, kind of off the cuff, but um I think uh, anybody who was around in like uh, in in two thousand ninety nine, like in that area, like Will Martin was really really good football player.
0: All right, coach, uh, we'll kind of end this like we normally do. Any final thoughts heading into Hendersonville?
1: Um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a big challenge, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see um you know it's going to be a tough bus ride i know we had a bus issue with beach but um you know if we can get those get those things there on time and get down there um you know it's it's a really it's a uh it's a crazy place to play um it's a really good team i know, I know we went down there in the playoffs one time when i was at northeast and we had a kid on our team that uh was not very tall and when we were walking the field at like 5 30 their student section was already uh, already up there and holler and stuff, but uh, they somehow they had printed a roster off the internet and were uh, holler on some things about somebody's uh, somebody's height, which was uh, pretty funny. You know, we all got a good chuckle out of it. Uh, I think the other Hendersonville story that uh, that's pretty interesting is uh, we had they had a kid at one time. He ended up playing at Vanderbilt. Um, had a good career at Vanderbilt, but. When I was at Northeast, we went down there in the playoffs, and so we had to start a freshman center. And uh, he came off the field after the second drive. Was kind of, I'll never forget this. He was kind of shaking his head weird. And I looked at him. I was like, hey, are you okay? And he said, yeah. And I said, what's the matter? And he said, that guy is a man, and I'm a boy. <laughs> it went over and sat on the bench. Um, but uh, you know, I, and I've joked with him, joked with him about that a bunch of times. But um, he ended up being a really, really good player for us. But he was like 14 years old, and that kid has gone to Vanderbilt. And he had a he had a rough day of that one.
0: All right, Coach, I appreciate it as always. Thanks again for another week here.
1: No, uh, no problem. Man. Thank you.
0: All right, so next week we'll have a special edition because it's gonna be Thursday Night Lights. So we'll have a our of course our normal Monday show. Then of course we'll take a week off after taking on. Uh, West Creek on Thursday night, so we'll hear from about the Hendersonville game and preview West Creek, then take a week off and come back with the the rest of the season, uh, hopefully in full swing here, and we'll have more uh, of an update as we continue to go on. But for Coach Shelby, I'm Ethan Schmidt. This has been the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. Thanks so much for listening.